Well, as many of you know, we are in the middle of our 2020 vision series. And this year, we're looking at the fantastic example of the church at Antioch, which we see in Acts chapter 11 and Acts chapter 13. And one of the real strengths of the church at Antioch was its generosity. Uh, in a subsequent message, we'll look at how, as a whole church, they were really generous in both caring for the poor and also in giving away of their best to help establish and strengthen other churches too. And we'll be looking at how we're doing in Kingsgate in, as it were, giving away beyond ourselves. But today what we want to do is we want to look at how each of us individually can grow in our own journey of generosity. How many remember we had a Pastor Robert Morris with us in the autumn? He came, uh, Pastor Robert is a senior pastor of Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas, at one of the largest and most influential churches in the whole world. And it was a great privilege to have him with us. He came and preached a message to us on the principle of first. But he also stayed on and ministered to a number of pastors in our pastors' learning community and preached a message at Kingsgate um, that he and I agreed would be a great follow-up to his visit. And what we're going to do is going to play out a portion of that message. You're going to enjoy it. It's challenging. It's encouraging. It's funny. It's a really uh, winsome message. But as um, he, he preaches to us, remember that he's speaking to pastors. Some of his examples are about him as a traveling evangelist and also pastor of a megachurch. So some of the figures are pretty uh, dramatic. But the principles of what he brings apply to every single one of us wherever we're at on the journey of generosity and whatever our context or our situation. So please watch Robert as he introduces the message and then gets into the message proper. Please watch this. And I just want to say that I love Dave and Karen and I love Kingsgate. I absolutely love being with you guys in the fall and I told Dave about another message I share that's really my life message. And it's a real funny message. You got to hear it as I shared with the pastors at the conference. And I wanted to share this message with you because I believe that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. So I want to share with you some uh, about generosity this week and about what God's done. And I just want to just give you a little setup. Uh, and then I'm going to introduce uh, my family to you just a little bit, just so you get to know a little personally. But I just want you to know there's a, a poverty gospel that's been preached for a long time, and it's actually not a gospel because the word gospel means good news, <laughs> and it's not good news. And there's a prosperity gospel, and that's not a gospel either because it's not good news because it sets you up for failure. Uh, but there's a provision gospel where God provides for you so you can also provide for others. And so that's what we'll be talking about is the balance there. Um, my wife is here with me. We've been married for 37 years. Um, we got married when we were 10. Um, so not quite, but, and I have a picture of my family that I brought so I could introduce you. This is my somewhere along here. Yeah, this is my family. Uh, we have uh, two uh, sons and their wives and their children. My daughter then seated to my, to your right and her husband uh, behind her. They have three children and one in the oven, one on the way. And um, so anyway, this is our, so we have eight grandchildren 
and um, one, another one on the way. And, and just so you know, uh, if you don't know this, I'll give you something to look forward to. If you have grandchildren, you already know this. Grandchildren are better than children. <laughs> see anyone here that under, agree with me? Yeah, see? They're better than children. They're much better. I promise you, grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your children. <laughs> so the next time you feel like just kind of just hold on, because there's a better one coming along. <laughs> and you, you can just love on that one and spoil that one and hop him up on sugar and send him home to get revenge on your kids. And <laughs> so it's, it's a blast to have grandchildren. I got saved when I was 19 years old. Debbie and I got married when I was 18. So I, I, we'd been married about nine months before I got saved. And when I got saved, I just fell in love with Jesus. I was saved in a motel room called Jake's Motel Room 12. Okay, it has no stars, by the way. <laughs> but they did provide pets. was not a high dollar place. So, um, but I got radically saved and just fell in love with Jesus. First time when, when I, you know, first time I ever heard a message on tithing, I started tithing immediately, immediately. I was making $200 a month when I got saved. So it just shows you, I just want y'all all to know without Jesus, I have the ability to make $200 a month. I want you to know that's how gifted I am. I'm extremely gifted. I, I could make $200 a month. So, I, I give this, I give the, I get the tie. Oh, wait a minute, pardon me. We're, we were making 600 a month total income, uh, and I forgot this. Debbie was making 400 a month. So, so, 600 a month. I was making 200 a month, though. All right. So, but it was 600 a month. So, the pastor preaches on tithing, and I give $60. 600, $60. I give $60. The next day, I go into work, and my boss says, I'm giving you a raise of 200 a month. He doubled my salary. He was a Christian, and I remember him saying this to me, and I have no idea why I'm doing this. In other words, you don't deserve it, but. So that 200 a month, the title will not be 20. You got 180 left, three times what I gave, just like that. So we started tithing and never quit. But then God spoke to me about, you know, over and above and things like this. But I, I started going to Bible college. I started preaching youth revivals. And then the Lord told me, just spoke to me one day very clearly and said, I want you to get your finances in order so I can bless them. Now, that's, there's a lot in that statement. But God cannot bless disorder. It's against his character and his nature. So you have to have your finances in order, whether they're personal or church finances, for God to bless them. He cannot, he will not, he will not bless disorder. So I said, well, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to do to get my finances in order? And he told me to do three things. So this, this is just what the three things he told me. Okay. He said, number one, get out of debt. I want you to get out of debt. It took several years. But uh, one of the first things we did was we had a car that was too expensive for us. Now, this is a few years after. Now, I'd gotten saved. It was making 600 a month. And then this is a few years later in my Christian walk. And so we had a car that was too expensive. And the Lord said, sell the car and buy a car for cash. So we sold the car, we had $750 left over. So we bought a car for $750. Um, it was an old car, it was like a 1973 Ford station wagon. 
had 130,000 miles on it, but we actually loved that car. We loved it. I don't know if you've ever gone through this where you start, you get your finances in order. It's actually a joyous time. You think, man, we're finally doing something that God can bless. And we loved the car. We prayed over it. Uh, we anointed it with oil about a quarter a week. And, um, <laughs> and we drove that car and we loved it. So number one, he said, get out of debt. Number two, he said, don't manipulate. Now, this is something that, um, please hear me, God, will, God never blesses manipulation. It's akin in scripture to witchcraft. He will not bless it. And so God has blessed us financially for years and the generosity message because I've never touched it, the anointing that's on my life in this area. I won't touch it. Um, I'm, I, I respect it and I won't touch it. In other words, I'm not going to manipulate for finances. Uh, so back then, this is the way I said, well, Lord, what do you mean don't manipulate? And he said, I was in traveling ministry then. I was going to college and preaching youth revivals and that was our income. So I'd go preach a revival and they'd give us a love offering um, or a like offering or a, or a don't, don't like, don't, don't come back offering. But um, anyway, so the Lord said to me, from now on, when someone says, what are your financial requirements for coming? You say, I have no financial requirements for coming. Now, what I was saying at that point was when they'd ask me, I'd say, pay our expenses and give us a love offering or an honorarium. And that's what, those were my financial requirements. I had friends that would say, and give us an offering or an honorarium, and it must be a minimum of. But, and I never, but I never did that. So I thought I was doing great. But he said, from now on, you say, I've an, I have no financial requirements coming. So a pastor called me after that and said, hey, can you come do a youth revival for us? And I said, yes. And we worked out the date. And then he said, what are your financial requirements for coming? I said, I have no financial requirements for coming. And he got real quiet on the other end of the phone. And he said, um, what, 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 what do you mean you, you have no financial requirements for coming? I said, I, I mean, I have no financial requirements for coming. He said, well, what do, you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean you have no financial requirements for coming? I said, I, I, I mean, I, I have no financial requirements for coming. And literally, he said, is your father wealthy? And I said, yes, he is, as a matter of fact. He said, oh, okay, <laughs> just like that. Then I had this pastor say to me, you know, what are your financial requirements? I, I don't have any financial requirements. And he got mad at me. He's an older pastor and I'm, I'm young, you know, and it's like he, he thought, he just started chewing me up. He said, how are you going to live? How are you going to live if you tell pastors that? How are you going to live? Just like that. He said, what, how are you going to live if you come preach for us and we don't give you an offering? How are you going to live? And I said something and I meant it to come out right, but it didn't come out right. Have you ever, that ever happened to any of you? Okay. So I said, listen, if, if I come and preach for you and you don't give me an offering, I said, God will take care of me and God will take care of you. He said, well, we'll give you an offering. <laughs> I said, no, that's not what I meant. I meant God will take care of me financially and he'll take care of you financially. God will provide, you know? So anyway, I remember another pastor, when I told him I had no financial requirements coming, he said, well, that's good because we probably cannot even pay your gas. He didn't say pay your expenses. He said your gas. 
Here's the reason I remember that. Because we got in that 73 Ford station wagon and we started driving that church. We stopped to get gas. I went in to pay for it and the lady said, it's taken care of. And I said, what do you mean it's taken care of? She said, well, I own the gas station. When you pulled in, God told me you were an evangelist and I was to fill your car up with gas. And I went out and I got in the car and I said, Lord, I sure like doing it better your way than my way. So God started us on a faith walk. And I don't mean this hyper faith stuff. I mean, believing God, trusting God. And so then the third thing the Lord said to me, he said, get out of debt. Don't manipulate. Don't ever manipulate for money. And the third thing is he said, give. Now I have to tell you uh, what happened when he said to me, give. I said, well, Lord, um, I do give, I tithe. And this is what it was like. So just bear with me. It was like the Lord went, <laughs> idiot. You know, so it's, you know, just. And he said to me, son, you don't give if you tithe, you return. Tithing's not giving, tithing is returning. That's why God never uses the word give when he talks about tithing. He always uses the word bring. Bring the tithe. Because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. You can bring it or you can steal it. So. I, he said, I said, well, he said, I want you to give. Giving is above the tithe. So I, very simple question. I said, well, Lord, how will I know when to give? How will I know what to give? And how will I know where to give? I'm pretty practical, so very simple. When, how much, what to give, and, and where? How will I know? Now listen to his answer. This is so cool. Here's what he said. I'll tell you. My sheep hear my voice. He tells us. So, not long after that, I go to a meeting. I have one meeting for the whole month. That's it. It's a Sunday night, youth night, with about 60 people. That's all I have for the whole month. I told them I have no financial requirements coming. I go and I speak. The pastor gets up. He tells the whole church, this, this guy told me something no evangelist has ever said to me. He said he has no financial requirements coming. He said, I want us to give him an offering, and I want us to give generously. So afterwards, the pastor and I are standing at the front, and we're talking, and the treasurer or whatever brings the check made out to our ministry, and he gives it to the pastor, and the pastor goes to me, look at this, look at this. He said, we've never given an offering that large. Look at that. He was so excited about it. And I looked at it, and it was the exact amount of our budget for the whole month. This is the only meeting I have for the whole month. And when I say our budget, I had a person on staff at that time, and I had an office, so I had more than just my salary at that time. And so he said, look, and it was, now when I say exact amount, I mean dollars and cents. We had a budget and there, it wasn't a round number. We had dollars and cents. This offering, because it was not an honorarium, well, had dollars and cents. He said, look at that. He said, we've never done that. And I'm thinking, Lord, this is amazing. Thank you, Lord. That's, that's the exact, and this is the only meeting I had this month. And while this pastor's talking to me, I glance over his shoulder. There's a missionary standing at the back of the auditorium that had spoken right before I spoke. And this voice says to me, give him the offering. And I remember this day what I thought. I thought, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's not God. That's not God. That is not you, by the way. That's not you. And the Lord said, I give him the offering. And I remember telling the Lord, now you got to understand, I talk to the Lord like I talk to a friend, okay? And so obviously I respect the Lord and he's the Lord, but I talked to him like a friend. And I said to him, Lord, um, you know, you got all pumped up because I preached a good message tonight and you want to give, but, but Lord, this, you provided this for us. It's the exact amount of our budget. And so, you know, definitely you would not be telling me to give all this away. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just not right. And the Lord said, I told you that I would tell you where to give 
and what to give and when to give. I'm telling you to give that missionary the whole offering right now. So I said, okay. So I endorsed the check. I went to the back of the room. The missionary and I were the only ones because we were talking to people, the only ones left in the building. I don't even think the pastor was left in the building. I don't remember. But I folded the check in half so he couldn't see the amount because it was a very large amount. And I said, um, God told me to do this uh, and I want you to receive it on two conditions. Number one, don't look at it until after you leave. Don't look at it now. Number two, don't ever tell anyone I did this. Don't ever tell anyone. So I gave him the offering. Debbie and I walked outside. There were some couples there from the church and they said, hey, we're going to go get some pizza. Y'all want to go? And I said, yeah, because, you know, we were broke. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, we'd love to go, you know, eat pizza. And so we went with, there were six couples total. So there's six guys. We were setting guys and gals at night. So six guys at one end table, six girls at the other. Debbie's on that end. I'm on this end. These four guys start talking. And then all of a sudden this guy across from me, I don't even know the guy. I've met him one time before. He leans across the table like this and he says to me, how much was the offering? Just like that. How much was the offering? And so I told him how much it was, dollars and cents. I knew the number, so I told him. And then he went like this. He said, where's the check? And I know you're not supposed to lie, but I didn't want to say, we gave it away. You know, we're very, we're just very generous people, and we gave it all away to a missionary. I did, just didn't want to say, I wanted it to be between God and me. And so I just kind of heard myself say, Debbie has it. And he says to me, go get it. I want to see it. So I said, okay. So I got up and I walked down where Debbie was seated and I bent down and I said, how's your pizza? Is it good pizza? Okay. Because there's nothing else to say. There's no check. And now I'm starting to get frustrated. I don't know why is this guy doing this to me? Why is he asking me? Why is he grilling me like this? So I come back and again, I know you're supposed to tell the truth, but I didn't want to say we gave away. I wanted to be personal. And so I said, um, it's in the car. And he said, it's not in the car. And so I said, where is it? <laughs> you know so much, pal. You know what? Why are you doing this? I, I couldn't figure out why he was doing it. What I realized later was this is a person who had the gift of giving you do realize there's a gift of giving in the Bible. It's one of the seven motivational gifts, not just one of the 29 gifts, one of the seven motivational gifts. That means probably one in seven people in your congregation have this gift. I'd like to know if you know how to recognize this gift and you know how to mature this gift. Because you can recognize teachers and leaders and servants, and you have training classes for them. We have nothing to help the givers. Most churches, nothing. Can't even recognize it, who has that gift. And I'm telling you, it's a gift from God. These people are gifted by God to give, and it's what brings them joy. They love to be asked to give. <laughs> they love it. Like a teacher likes to be asked to teach. Or a servant likes to be asked to serve. Are, are y'all following me? This is a gift in the church that we don't even develop. It's phenomenal. So this is the first person I've ever met with the gift of giving. And I, he said to me, you gave it away, didn't you? And I said, how do you know that? I said, did you see me give it to the missionary? Did you see that? He said, no, 
God told me. He reached in his pocket and he pulled out a check that he had written before he came to the service. And he opened up the check and he held it out like this. And it was exactly 10 times the amount of the check I'd just given away. Dollars and cents. Every digit was correct. 10 times. And it was made out to our ministry. He said, here. And he was holding the top. I reached out and I took the bottom. They wouldn't let it go. <laughs> but I realized he wanted to say something to me. I now know he wanted to impart something to me. So he, see, he has the gift of giving. He wanted to impart something. So I'm holding the bottom. He's holding the top. There's that connection. He looks right across the top of that check, right into my eyes. And he said, God's about to teach you about giving so you can teach the body of Christ. And he let the check go. Now, here's what happened. I can't even tell you now. When I got that check, it was like this. And here's what I thought. This is God's money. This is God's money. And please hear my heart. I've thought that about every check I've gotten since then. I know Dave mentioned this figure, but can you imagine a church that gives away $20 million a year? And let me tell you why. Because we know it's God's money. It's not our money. Do you realize that God is looking for people that he can funnel resources through? Think about it. Over here, you know, when you, some of you studied business in school. You got supply and demand, okay? Over here is the supply. That's God. He's got everything. He owns everything. Y'all know that, right? God owns everything. People say he owns cattle in a thousand hills. We have Psalms. Sure, he owns the hills too. But he, he owns Mars too. Well, he owns Mars. Okay, he owns it all. Okay, he owns everything. Over here, all the hurting people. All the lost people don't have the gospel. All the church buildings need to be built. All the missionaries. All, they're over here. Here's all the need. The demand. The supply and the demand. Have you ever thought about this? What's in the middle? You are. Believers. So God, years ago, gave me hundreds of dollars, and I funneled it to people who needed it. And then He gave me thousands, and now He gives me millions every year. And I'm, I'm funneling 20. <laughs> Listen, if you think I'm bragging, you're wrong. I'm telling you about our God, $20 million a year. And then personally, I had a goal to give a million dollars when I was, when I was in Bible college, I heard about the founder of our Bible college He gave a million dollars to the church when he retired. And I remember saying, Lord, I'd like to give a million dollars by the time I'm 65. He was 65. I was in my twenties and I had a dream that night. Now I'm real good with numbers. So, so this, you might, I might lose you a little bit. But the Lord said, you get 10000 a year from the time you're 20 to 30, that's 100000 Then you get 15000 a year from 30 to 40, that's 150 plus 100, that's 250. Then from the time you're 40 to 50, I hope I haven't lost some of you, but I'm sure I have, but some of you are with me, you get 25000 a year. So think if you're making 100 a year, it's only 25% of your income. So, and that was, but you, now you're, you've grown. So that's 250 plus the 250, that's 500. Then the Lord said, if you give 50, from the time you're 50 until you're 65, give 33000 a year. That's 495000 And then the Lord said, and you can give the other five. <laughs> so, so that's 995000 plus the other five. And the Lord showed me. So I started on that plan in my 20s. 
Please, please hear my heart though. Debbie and I give away a million dollars every two years now. Every two years, we give a million dollars away. Because the first book God ever gave me, we gave all of it to the Lord, The Blessed Life. It's all over the world. And I don't even count that. We, that, that, that brings in a half a million dollars a year to the kingdom right there. There's a, there's a million every two years. But then the rest of the books, I said, God, what do you want me to do with these? He said, I want you to steward them. So here I'm a pastor, and, but God gives me these resources because he knows, I'm, I'm telling you, he knows I'll be faithful with them. I, I, I want to I challenge you guys. How much can you be faithful with? Because if you can't be faithful with a little, you'll never be faithful with much. That's scripture. That's Luke 16. So we started giving. We, get, we bought a single car, a, mom, a, a single mom, a car, and we still had the 73 Ford station wagon. We bought someone else a car. We paid a guy's salary that lost his job for four months. And the more we gave, the more God would give to us. This guy walked up to me one time, stuck a check for five. I remember in my 20s, he stuck a check for $5,000 in my pocket. And see, he looks at me right in the eyes and he said, God's teaching you about giving so you can teach the body of Christ. So we've just, we've just been extravagant givers. We, we got to the place by God's grace where we were giving 70% of our income away. Just, just giving as God would speak. And then one day I'm having my quiet time. Reading Philippians 2, how Jesus laid it all down. We know he emptied himself out, you know, completely. And I'm reading that thinking, Lord, you gave up everything for me. You gave everything for me. And the Lord said to me just like this, would you give me everything? And I knew exactly what he saw about. This was a few years later now. We, we had, God has begun blessing us tremendously financially. Um, and here's what I felt like the Lord was saying. Everything in your checking account, personal checking, everything in your personal savings, everything in your ministry checking account, everything in your ministry savings, everything in your retirement, both cars, we had two vehicles at that time, and your house. We gave our house to a pastor who had five kids that didn't have a house. And the Lord said, would you give me everything? I said, I would love to give you everything. And I got excited. I thought, how many people do you ask to do this? And by the way, I don't recommend it. <laughs> now, here's why I'm saying that. I do not recommend you giving everything to get something in return because that is not why I gave it. I recommend you giving everything God asks you to give. And he asked me to give everything. And he's asked us three times by his wonderful grace. And I'd do it again if he asked me. But we gave it all away. We, we sat down that day and we decided where everything would go. And it took a while. It took about nine months actually to give it all away, to give it to where we needed to. But the next day I'm having my quiet time I'm reading a real famous story about Solomon, the day he was inaugurated king. Everyone knows. God said to Solomon, remember, ask anything you want, and I'll give it to you. And I just thought it was cool. It's a cool story. And, but I'd seen, I saw something I'd never seen before. It says that on that day, Solomon sacrificed 1,000 bulls. It was tradition for the new king to sacrifice one bull. But he didn't sacrifice one or 10 or 100. He sacrificed 1,000. And the way you count the king's wealth was land, bulls, and gold. So that was a lot of his personal wealth, which was also his power. That's the way they calculated the king's power. 
So he gives a thousand bulls, and I thought, what an extravagant giver. And here's what the Lord said to me. I only say to extravagant givers, ask anything you want. He said, I would never say that to a selfish person because I can't trust selfish people. I can trust givers. Now, I'm not even thinking about that we've just given everything away. I'm not even thinking. I'm just having my quiet time. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, ask. Ask anything you want. Three times he's said that to me. This was the first. I knew immediately what I wanted. Remember I told you at the first that Debbie and I got married before I got saved. I got saved nine months after we got married. I was an immoral person. I'd been unfaithful. And I thought when she finds out, it's going to end my marriage. So the Lord says, you ask anything you want. I said, I'll tell you what I want. I want for Debbie and I to be passionately in love for the rest of our lives. And we've been married 37 years. That's pretty good. Now, let me tell you the funny part of this story. Before the Lord, before this happened, the Lord said, ask anything you want. I started adding up how much we'd given, adding up all the bank accounts, adding up the house, cars. Oh, that's pretty big, you know. And I had this thought. And the Lord said to me, what are you doing? I said, nothing. <laughs> he said, no, you're doing something. What are you doing? And you know, if you, if he, if you don't tell him, he doesn't know, you know. I said, well, Lord, it's just crazy what I'm thinking. He said, well, tell me what you're thinking. I said, well, every time we've given, you've given us more back. And I was just adding up how much we've given. And I said, this time, I think I've got you. I just think I got you. I said, you, you know the old saying, you can't outgive God? He said, I've heard that. I said, well, I think I did. <laughs> I think I've got you. He said, you think you got me? Just like that. You think you've got me? You little human, you've got me? And when he said that, the phone rang. And I picked up the phone, and this guy on the other end of the phone said, Robert, God told me to help you with your transportation. I thought he was going to give us a car. We'd just given both our cars away, and at that time we'd given nine away. I have no clue how many we've given away now. I stopped counting at 27. Uh, and by the way, our church gives away about 100 cars a year. So this multiplies. If you're a giver, your church will be a giver. You know what? I ought to say that again to pastors. <laughs> it's amazing how many of you pray that your church will be givers, but you're not givers. So anyway, I just thought, well, if he gives me a car, Lord, I still got you. I've, I've given, at that time, again, nine away, and I just gave two away plus the house and all the money, so I still got you. But thanks for the car, you know. So I said, well, what did God tell you to do? This is what the guy says on the other end of the phone. He told me to buy you an airplane. 
and I'm gonna pay for the fuel and the maintenance and the hangar and the insurance and I've hired a pilot and here's his name, his number and you call him and tell him where you wanna go and when you wanna go and the Lord said, gotcha. <laughs> now listen, please hear my heart. We gave the airplane away too. This isn't about giving, getting an airplane. I'm talking about if you'll allow God to change your heart and understand that he has more resources than you could ever give or spend. It's unlimited. It's totally unlimited with God. He just needs a steward. He needs someone he can trust. And that's what I'm praying the next three days. I'm praying God does it in my heart too, even more than he's ever done it before. I'm telling you, you won't believe the resources that he has to fund his work. If you'll just open your hands up and say, Lord, whatever you give me is yours, I'll be a good steward of it. That a fantastic message. Wherever you gather, why don't we stand together and let's respond to the Lord. I love the heart and the spirit of what God has done in Robert and just how those principles of generosity apply to all of us wherever we are on our journey of faith or in our particular circumstances. I'd like you to join me in just putting your hand on your heart. I know I've watched this message a number of times. Every time I do, God speaks to me. And so, Father, we want to thank you as we put our hands on our heart. We thank you for the extraordinary lavish generosity that you displayed in giving your very best to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are recipients of the greatest gift of all, new life, eternal salvation through your Son. And Lord, I thank you that you've called each and every one of us to become more like you. And so I pray now that as our hands are on our hearts, that you will touch our hearts at a very deep level. Free us from all fear and insecurity and selfishness, Lord, that we might, wherever we're at on our journey, take a next step in our journey of generosity. Just right now, in the quietness of this moment, why don't you just ask the Lord to begin to speak to you about what next steps of growing in generosity looks like for you, whether you're starting out, whether you've been on the journey for years. Father, enlarge our hearts. Give us ears to hear very clearly your voice now and in coming weeks and months and even years. Lord, we want to be those people who you can entrust with much. We want to be blessed to be a blessing. So help us grow, every single one of us, in Jesus' name. Right now, just stay. You can take your hand off your heart, but just continue just in the presence of God, just asking him to touch you and speak to you. I'd like to just pray for anybody in Kingsgate who, as Robert was talking about that gift of giving, I want to specifically pray for you right now. You say, I'm not sure, but something in your heart was just leaping as you were hearing Robert telling those stories. And something in you says, I want to be like that. 
that may well be that God has given you a gift of giving. So, Father, I pray now over every single person in Kingsgate that you've deposited sovereignly by your grace that gift of giving. I pray, Lord, that you'll confirm it. I pray, Lord, that the faith would grow, and I pray you give them great wisdom to know how to steward that gift in Jesus' name. All together, Lord, we thank you for your word and for your heart and your spirit. Lord, we give you praise and glory for what you've deposited in our midst in Jesus' name. Why don't we all put our hands together and just thank God for uh, what he has done and will do. Amen.